Welcome to the family part two with Ellie Nick, Melissa Kirk, Andy Rampernard, and Cassie Schrader. A couple of great guests coming up this hour, and we'll be right back, kick things off with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive introduces the new kids on the block, not the band. It's their three newest dealerships. Experience the Walzer Way at Wyzetta Nissan on 394 or Walzer Polar Chev and Walzer Polar Mazda on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake. I've had all three general managers on the podcast, and I can honestly say that Mike, John, and Brett are some of the finest car people in the seven-county Mosquito Control District. This month, in addition to great deals, they're searching for used cars and will pay Kelly Blue Book excellent whether you trade or sell outright. Some reconditioning can apply, so please, no flood cars from Apple Valley. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Chevy, Mazda, or Nissan, check out the new kids on the block. Don't tell them Tom sent you. Just show up and be amazed. That stuff never works anyway. We are back. If somebody put this song out, it would probably be a hit. <laughs> Might be. Our very special guest, Bruce Beeler, with us. How you doing, Bruce? Tom, it's uh, great to talk to you. Nice to um, talk. Doing to great you. today. Glad to hear it. A twelve-month excursion through nature's seasons, as recounted by a lifetime naturalist. In this personal encyclopedia of nature's seasons, lifetime naturalist Bruce Beeler reflects on his three decades of encountering uh, nature in Washington, D.C. The author takes the reader on a year-long journey through the seasons as he describes the wildlife scene and special natural places savored in his travels. Why do you get that job and I have to do radio, Bruce? That's what I want to know. Well, you know what? I'm retired. <laughs> I gave, I'm my own boss. I gave myself this job, and I don't pay myself anything. How about that? Okay, well, it's going to be tough to make the rent then, but, you know, other than that. What, is it a, is it always been a dream come come true for you your whole life to be able to do what you wanted to do as far as the uh, uh, natural My encounter? career has been a um, pretty happy one, uh, pretty remarkable, something I couldn't have predicted. To be able to spend uh, 40 years basically chasing wild things uh, across the landscape in uh, many, many countries, 
Yeah. Lucky, lucky, lucky me. I've been very lucky. Blessed. Blessed is a good way to put it. Natural encounters, biking, hiking, and birding through the seasons. I'm going to get this out of the way, Bruce, because I heard something over the weekend I couldn't believe that I heard. But a guy on the radio said that he was overjoyed with all the diversity he sees in the bird community. Mm. (laughs) That's what he said. I would have to agree. What do you mean you'd have to agree? My property is just overwhelmed with birds, and they're all just together. I don't think he's talking talking about the birds. I think he's talking about the bird watchers. Ooh. The diversity thing. No, no, no. He was talking about the bird watchers. No, I'm telling you. I have pictures of five (laughs) different species of birds on the same feeder and all getting along. As if birds in general formed a community. Yeah. Birds do not intermingle sexually. Though. Oh, no. Of well, course not. No. Well, I don't think that's what he wants. Oh, wait a minute. Bruce <laughs> goes, well. Do. Maybe they do. They actually do. They, they do? They actually do. You get lots of hybrids, interspecific hybrids, intergeneric oh. hybrids. So there's a little, it's a very, biology is very messy. You have to remember that. Very messy, whether it's <laughs> okay. humans or whether it's birds. Right. So uh, take note. But still, somebody saying they're overjoyed by the diversity in the bird community. It's like, would you calm down? I don't know. I'd have to agree with that. I really would. I'm Get watching. Out. I'm watching Baltimore Orioles sit on the same thing as Blue Jays, as the Baltimore Orioles are eating jelly and the Blue Jays are eating seed, and they're all just sitting there. Yeah, but who's making money off it? Nobody. But no. But, well, that's the whole thing. I enjoy watching it though. I think it's it amazing terrific. though because Blue Jays are. All my birds are getting along. Bruce, do you find that true that the Blue Jays tend to be jerks? A little, yeah. They're in, you know, they're in the crow family. They're bullies. Yeah, the crows and the Blue Jays are bullies, (laughs) and they, you know, they go and take baby birds out of nests, and they do all sorts of, you know, sort of naughty things. So yeah, and also (laughs) if you get under a Blue Jay nest, you might uh, take a take a swipe on the head that doesn't that you won't like at all and they're really big they're big bird yeah you know that's amazing you bring that up because i was riding my bike a couple of days ago i rode my bike to work and then back home and on the way over there i'm i'm going around a bend on the bike path and i get around and i'm about five feet from a flock of geese so I ring the bell. Luckily, most of them got up and gone away. One circle back and hit me right in the back of the oh. head. Really? It was, a, it was weird. Barn swallows are very aggressive, yeah. too. Yeah, this was a goose. It was a big goose. <laughs> That's a big darn thing. you got to look out. A goose could take you down. Yeah. Oh, I, there's no question that if that bird had wanted to take me down, he could have. That's what takes easily. airplane engines out, right? Geese? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, exactly. Yeah, that could hurt but, you. Man, I was like, Damn. I was just trying to get through here. Sorry about that. I didn't know you were there until I got around the corner. But, yeah, I, look, birds are, are one of the joys of life as far as I'm concerned, whether it's, you know, because, Bruce, I've been getting up at, at 4 o'clock in the morning now for 35 years, 34 years anyway, and one of my favorite things is when I wake up that early, just a very short time later in the summer, you start hearing the birds mm-hmm. like there's no tomorrow. I love that. It's a calming sound in the morning, I yeah, think. Yeah, it is. That, it's called a dawn chorus, and it's absolutely yep. the, it's one of the fine things to be able to, you know, if you have to get up that early, it's, uh, it's one of the payoffs that you get along with that beautiful sunrise. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. You're absolutely right about that. I love the fact that you talk about the Potomac River. What a beautiful area that is in Washington. It is, the, the Potomac Northern. itself is gorgeous. You know, we've cleaned it up. You can uh, you can fish in it. Uh, you can kayak on it. You can bird watch along it. We've got the CNO Canal right next to the to the river over much of its length, and 
boy, is that a great green space for people. And not enough people use it, I don't think. I, you know, people need to get out there and yeah. see what they've got. I was never a bird person until I bought Tom's property, which is 26, 24 acres on the river. And yeah. we are literally a bird sanctuary. Yeah, we are. have we That's have the encyclopedia of birds on our coffee table, and we've identified like almost half the book in our yard. There's so we have so every species of woodpecker, the card the cardinals, lots of cardinals, lots of blue jays. But we we waited. We put the orange houses out for Baltimore yeah, Orioles. Sure. And I was shocked that they came. Like what's like, what, why do they come to orange though? What's that about? They just love them. I don't know what it is. You slice up an orange, you got you're going to get yourself Baltimore orange. Well, we put we put actual orange houses out there with grape jelly. Oh. It has little grape jelly uh, dishes in the bottom, okay. and they just all came like all. <laughs> like next thing you know, we had a hundred Baltimore Orioles. That's phenomenal. It's crazy, and then it's weird. Right now, they slowed up. They came real hard a couple weeks ago, like all the birds, and now it's the quietest time for birds right now in Minnesota. It's, oh, yeah. It seemed like it well, quieted you know, it down. That's migration. That's how migration yeah. works. They come through in a big number and they spread out and you know make their territories all over the country. So, and then we, that's all you get. You know, did, if you really want to see the birds in big numbers, you go out in the middle of May or, or late May, and that's that's when you're going to see. And, and then we also noticed in the dead of winter when we got lots of snow, we got inundated with birds. Really, cardinals and blue jays. I mean, just unbelievable mm. amount of them. Here of course, if you put out a feeder and you start feeding them, they're going to come. Put out a feeder. My, my, my wife has 25 of them. We were spending like 150 <laughs> bucks a week on bird food. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, you've your answer there. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you have so many I birds. Went, I went in the yeah. pantry to get something to eat, and all I could find was bird food. <laughs> bags and bells. She has a whole cabinet. I'm not kidding. There's 100 bird bells. It's good fiber. Yeah, I'm not eating bird bells. <laughs> and she bought bells. like an 80-pound bag of peanuts, shelled peanuts. And she wow. has pe- peanut reefs all over the property. Peanut <laughs> reefs. Yeah, there was these metal reefs that the you put suet. the peanuts oh. in. She yeah. bought she bought the suet cages, the little cages with yeah. suet bricks in them. They're all mm-hmm. over the property. God. <laughs> Every day well, I find a new one. It is a magnificent piece of property, though. There are these rolling hills, and there's a barn, and then the house is sep- separated up on top of the hill, and you go down. Uh, uh, to the river, it, it's absolutely. It is stunning. a bird sanctuary. It really is. It Anybody is, yeah. that is in the birds, my property is the perfect place. To come watch birds. I'll no, bring yeah, my son right. over because he is an avid bird watcher. No, he'll he'll freak out. There's so He's many. He's got his binoculars. Well, he better have the gate code. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, he's not. My number's there. on the gate now. You can just call me. No, you can call. Um, here, you know, one thing I will tell you, uh, Bruce, is that a few years ago, my wife and I were in. Well, the kids were there as well, as a matter of fact. But Andy, you went out to Mount Vernon with us, didn't you? George Washington's uh, the farm out there on the Potomac. Maybe I don't know if you went or not, but what a beautiful view from from Mount Vernon, the Potomac River. That's gorgeous, magnificent. Really, yeah, I is. write about that in the book. Oh, you do? down there. Yeah, absolutely. In the spring, that is a, just a wonderful sight. I don't think people realize how much nature is in the D.C. area. They oh, just God, think yeah. it's, they just think of it as political stuff. Big city, yeah. But D.C. is just. It's got a lot of nature around it. It does, absolutely. A lot of green space. It does. And, you know, because of the river and because of all the parks, it's uh, it's really... And the way it's, it's the even, the ci- even the way the city designed... The city is a European-designed city, which is one of the only... There's only a few of them in America that's designed that way. So it has lots of green space, even in the city. Right. Exactly. Now, Bruce, I do have Large, to ask you. you know, 
wide boulevards, low, yep. low buildings, lots of space, yep. especially down on the mall. Many years ago, Bruce, Woody Allen said that pigeons were rats with wings. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, sorry. I think Woody, uh, Woody got it right. Uh, you know, unless you're racing pigeons... Right. There's not much to be said for them. You know, they don't belong here. They're not native to America. They were brought here. Oh, really? I didn't know that. And they have settled in the cities and under bridges. And, you know, they, they, they drop a load. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They, they, the United States, actually the world, spends so much money on pigeon crap. Oh, sure. Pigeon oh, control. Yeah. New York City alone, I think, is in, is in like the $30, $40 million a year. Really? Yeah, they put speakers all in the subways that put out owl screeches, and it lasted about six months, and then the pigeons sat on top of the speakers and crapped on the speakers. <laughs> well, that's going to happen. Fool you, know. Me. you know what's amazing about this, Bruce, is just talking to you about this. I just noticed something. Just talking to you about this, I, I feel calmer. Birds do that to me, and I don't know why that. Uh, birds have always made me feel very calm, and I don't know why. Why is that? Well, birds, birds in nature, you know, and the wildflowers and the green mm-hmm. and the, the sound of the river, those are things that, you know, make us want to just sort of lie down on a nice little uh, blanket and take a little nap. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> I, I what I'm talking about. I have a question for you. So I have horses, and these little tiny black birds follow the horses around. What are those birds? Yes, those are cowbirds. Oh, what are they, what are they doing? We don't like cowbirds. You know, they're originally called buffalo bird. They 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 traditionally followed the the bison across the prairies. What are they doing there? Now they... not so many bison around. They've you right. know they've taken up with the horses, and you know actually you want to know what they're doing. You really want to know? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you. Is this an R-rated show? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> anyway, they are eating. They are eating the seeds. Mm. that haven't been digested out of the horse's poop. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> sorry. Sounds about right. He goes, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Look at him. He's like, what? I'm okay with that. Of it. I'm okay with that, but I noticed they do sit on top of my horses a lot. They yeah, do? They're, they're yeah, waiting. they get on the backs of the horses and just sit there. Hmm. And the horses don't as, chew them up. As birds go, the cowbird is not a favored by lots of bird people because no. you know what they do? They lay their eggs. The female lays its eggs in the eggs, it's, sorry, in the nests of other birds oh. and leaves them there. So they're a nest parasite. Mm-hmm. And most people think that's not really cricket. And they, they lay their eggs in the eggs of smaller, poor, pitiful little birds that can't defend themselves. And they, they, these little pitiful birds end up raising the cowbirds and not raising their own. Like the so chickadees, you mean? That's another sad story. Like chickadees, because we have we have. I put up a purple martin house, the time I was supposed to put it up, but we had a very late spring here in Minnesota, so it got very cold, and the purple martins I think did not come this year because we haven't seen it. And I put up really a, a, a really nice purple martin house, a huge one, and it's the right height, and it's in the middle of an open field on top of a hill. So I did all the things you're supposed to do, but we got no purple martins. But the chickadees took it over. Hmm. Huh. You know what I love about well, this know, conversation? With purple martins, you just have to be patient. Right. You that's know, what everybody take says. Yeah. Years before they, you know, before they show up, they're, that's a tough one to bring in. Uh, it's uh, they, yeah, they're very, very demanding for some reason. So somebody told me the the Baltimore Orioles they come all the way from South America. Northern South America, yeah. They winter in Panama and Venezuela. And they're about <laughs> and then they get all the way to here. Unbelievable! A little tiny bird can fly that far. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. You know what's amazing about this, Bruce? 
Is a guy that's What's talking that? to you. The guy that's talking to you is an Italian guy from Philadelphia, and he's like Birdman now. <laughs> His life's changed quite a bit, hasn't it? Well, God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. God bless him. I got to bring. We only have about a minute and a half left, Bruce. But I want to bring this up because it's just fascinating. Some of these experiences are as familiar as observing ducks on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., or as unexpected as collecting 50-million-year-old fossils on a Potomac beach. What a great great thing that must have been. So the book basically tells things, you know, basically gives you some ideas if you, uh, for the reader living, you know, in, between here in Ohio and Florida and, and Maine. Some ideas about what to do on the weekend or what to do in a spare moment or for, you know, a week's vacation. So... It really is sort of a, a how-to by showing how I did it. People can have a look at this book and get some great ideas out of how to break the mold and actually get out in nature. You know, Bruce, I have to ask you, do you ever get angry? Uh, sadly, I do. <laughs> oh, it's too bad because you seem like a very calm guy. Hey, you seem pretty calm. <laughs> That's really nice. Uh, I'm calm until I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, that's a good way to put it. No doubt. Bruce Beeler, ladies and gentlemen, Natural Encounters, biking, hiking, and birding through the seasons. What a great book. A 12-month excursion through nature's seasons as recounted by a lifetime naturalist. Bruce Beeler, it's B-E-E-H-L-E-R. The book is available everywhere. Bruce, thanks so much. Great talking to you, sir. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, everybody. Absolutely. I love the guy. You know, I, I, I've come up to find myself really relaxed driving my tractor, Cutting grass and An watching, Italian from watching, Philadelphia. The, watching the horses and the birds. I just, it's you're at total peace. Mm-hmm. Is it, was it as good as like collecting debt in the streets of Philadelphia for some? <laughs> <laughs> was it that much fun? I just found out some people that I knew Uh-oh. really well that, that their names aren't their real names because they were hiding from the mob. Yesterday, birding the mob. No, I found that out yesterday. That's like phenomenal. somebody that I have known Andy my whole life. Is that his real name is is Tony? <laughs> Tony, <laughs> Andy, you know, and he's been hiding from the mob for twenty five years. That's amazing because he stole money from him. We will be <laughs> right back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, 
not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. How well everybody's heard about the bird. The trashman. That's what the is. Yeah, the trashman. Yeah, the trashman. The trashman. I never heard it till the Simpsons day. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a Minnesota band. Yeah, really? I, I never knew of it. I know it was a big hit back in, when it, it came huge, out. Like yeah. in the early 60s, and then when it came out. But I, was, yeah. I wasn't born yet. Or I well, was see, I, I know all these, because I used to go to car shows, and I mean, they play all the 50s stuff, and yeah. 60s yeah. music, yeah. Beach Boys, I mean, you of name course. it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and they played this song a lot on Minnesota radio. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because they were a Minnesota band. My favorite part of that song is when he goes, I don't think KQRS plays it. It's the only station I listen to. So. Yeah. Well, this was bad. I mean, like, what was the oldie station before Cool 108? Cool. It was, yeah. Oh, before Cool 108. It was, oh, damn, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it wasn't Cool 108. It was, it was uh, K-T-I, not K-T-I-S, but K-R- something. I K-R-S-I? I can't was remember. It K- I think it might have been K-R-S-I Radio. Yeah, and then well, Cool 108 now is playing music that I grew up with, and I'm like, yeah, it's oh not, God, am it's I an oldies these... station now? <laughs> that's the only thing I get in my in the one garage. Yeah, that's not oldies. No, no, it's not oldies. No, they're playing 90s stuff. You go to towns like Philly, you know, they have real oldies radio. Oh yeah, they do. Doo-wop. Yeah, they play 50 stuff. I love doo-wop. At Philadelphia Street Corner, doo-wop is a really, really good form. People don't understand the music history out of Philadelphia. Oh God, yeah, it's huge. I mean, Columbia Records was a third and Brown, which is now one of the worst. Corners probably in the whole city of Philadelphia, but, <laughs> but other than but that, if you go up in that, that, that building right there at Thurman Brown, if you go up in the attic, the original sign last time I was up there was still in the attic. Really, Columbia Records, yeah, was still there. Big That's giant phenomenal. neon, twelve foot round. Really, still in the attic because I used to rehearse in that building. Oh, you did? Yeah, that's a rough area though. Yeah, North Philly's pretty rough. It happens. Well, you know, it's Sylvester Stallone's brother, right? in uh, Rocky, he was that he was a doo-wop guy, right? Yeah, doo-wop was, music was huge in Philly. People oh, understand Motown yeah. and all that's well, Philly, man. American Bandstand was in Philadelphia. It was all Philly. It all was, all yeah. those soul artists in the in the fifties yep. all came out of Philadelphia. No, you're absolutely right. Great stuff, as a matter of fact. You know, it's so wonderful. Is I want to be Bruce Beeler, where I can say to people, "I'm very serene." Until I get angry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a great, a great thing to say. I got I'm trying to curve that anger because the the stuff going on in the world just makes me angry. Mm-hmm. I promise, I mean, Catherine, that I will. I'll I, stop being angry when I turn eighty. <laughs> what do you think? Isn't that know. when you get more bitter? Yeah, I probably, <laughs> probably stop true. being angry now. Yeah, I do too. And you're excused for that behavior because you're eighty. Because you're eighty. The, yeah, wor- exactly. the world's making me angry. I know. That's I, why you should just sit out and bird watch. You're not alone, man. People are not I just came back all. from Germany. I went to Frankfurt. I couldn't even find anywhere to sell bratwurst. Everything was in Arabic. It was all people from Syria and Hungary. Every store, every shop. Yeah. And selling kebabs and stuff. I'm like, where's where can I find a, you know, German, some German food? I couldn't even find a German to ask. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. 
Uh, just yesterday, I had a, uh, I was all over the Twin Cities. I had appointments everywhere. And uh, coming back from one over in St. Paul by Channel 5, I went through Cedar Riverside. <laughs> Every person for miles yep. is a Somali Muslim. All of them. So, do you? Did you I I was in Germany when I heard this. So we're putting we're putting a security fence up around that for six million dollars to make them safe. Apparently. Yeah, six million dollars. Who's it's doing that? Pass. Jacob Fry. Is he insane? No, he's, he's putting just a six. A moron is you what you he can is. Google it. Six million dollar security fence with cameras to keep who safe? The Samoans. They were safe as hell. I just drove through there yesterday. They were happy. They, just, they were walking they, down the they, street. They want to be safe. They were worried about people that are against Muslims. Oh, God. oh, but you can run around hitting people and with hatchets at the bus stop. That was Somali kids. Yeah, but you can do anything on the streets. Yeah, know? apparently you can. I there was they, everybody was very happy. They're walking down the streets. One thing I did notice <laughs> though. There was a guy standing about mid-block, and he looked down, and he saw me coming and stepped right out in front of me to walk across. The oh, they, 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 it's common downtown. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. ma- he made me stop yeah, so he could cross Entitlement. It's like, what are you doing, you just dumbass? Entitlement. That, that's funny, because we were just driving back from St. Paul yesterday, and this guy was not walking to the crosswalk. He was just walking straight across, and yeah. he was slow and he goes he must be senile and i'm like no he's just urban it's entitlement he doesn't care no he does not care they don't care he has no care he he would rather he's a they're they they are lazy they would rather walk across the middle of the street than walk to a crosswalk yeah that's true and then even if they see you coming they'll make you stop yeah because they know you won't hit them no it's entitlement city people are just (laughs) why it's just a thing i mean when i grew up in the city and you basically i grew up in the city i don't ever treat people like that i hustle my butt across the parking lot so i'm just on everybody's way i'm like oh i gotta hurry you know i do too i do the same thing where did that happen um that was on university and Oh, I see it happen all the time, man. Mm-hmm. Do you? Oh, every day. It's everywhere. Downtown. Not they, quite smelling. They, they'll, 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 pull, oh, they'll, they'll, they'll step off okay. the curb, and they'll literally walk the slowest you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. They do it on purpose. No, I mean, it's that's a, t- a very true. Just to say, um, I can do this. Yeah, and that, by the way, it's black but, people, but, white people, yeah, it's, it's all it, people. It's, it's, they're so down in their luck that it's their only power. Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. It is. It's their only thing they have. So I just give it to them. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. It's not even, like... It's not even about race. It's I mean, this guy was white, so like it's just no. Because it's he, not about race at all. Yeah, it's just, it's just because of where he was, you know, it's just his the, urban it's, area. It's their only power. But that entitlement has transferred over into drivers as well. Oh, no doubt. Oh, for sure. No, 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 no. Listen, this on the way here today, this guy was going a hundred miles an hour mm-hmm. down one sixty nine, and I'm not kidding you, passing on the right shoulder. Yep. Blowing oh, by God. everyone, oh, man, and then all the way into the fast lane, and then all the way back to the right shoulder. I was expecting to see a crash the mm-hmm. whole way here. Dream come true, but he didn't. He made he didn't it. Crash. Also, yeah. crazy story I have about that. Um, I actually ended up calling the state patrol on a guy doing that. I should have today. I this did. Guy would I've never somebody. called any like anybody out ever, but I was on the phone with them, Very and I dangerous. was like, I was like. There's so much traffic, and he just doesn't want to wait in traffic. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys need to get out. On, we're going right by your place on Duluth Street. Like, you can get out there. <laughs> <Right. laughs> I, like, I always call them for debris in the road, and, and yeah. they're really good about yeah. it. Yeah, they State are. troopers come yeah. right out. I don't it. know if they got him, but because he was going so this fast. This guy today was going to kill through. somebody. But, yeah. Well, oh, it's yeah. crazy. 
an example of that. I'm with Catherine a couple of days ago. I can't remember where this was, though. Uh, but we were driving down a road, and I'm, let's say it was, it was, it wasn't university, but let's say it was. We pulling up, and a guy pulls right out in front of Catherine. I mean, he was waiting on the right. He, it was at a stop sign. We did not have a stop sign. He pulled right out in front of Catherine, then moved over to the left lane, signaled and moved to the right lane, and then immediately signaled and moved back to the left lane and took a left turn. Like, what are you doing? People I mean, you even know where the hell you're going? What yeah. But these people do 100 miles an hour, and they end up literally the car in front of you at the, at the exit on the stop at the stoplight. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. They don't get anywhere farther. They're not like they're getting no, right. anywhere. No. They end up a car in front of you at the red light. That's, That's when you exactly. stare at them and make them That's feel very uncomfortable. Ridiculous, man. <laughs> Joe from Louisville just asked me if he can head up the death squad <laughs> to take these kind of people out. Just, hey. Joe, get over here and kill this guy. Well, even, okay. even common courtesy in parking lots. Now, if somebody's backing out of a parking space, and, you know, I've had it where I'm backing out, there's no cars, but then a car will come. They'll just keep going. Oh, yeah. As oh, you're yeah. Back, yeah. It's they like, don't care. It's like no, and they zoom around you specifically, even though they see you backing out. Yeah. yeah and They're it's in like, such a hurry. I know. Everybody's in so such a hurry or to people, go nowhere. People walking in a parking lot as you're backing out, you may not see them. Now, when I'm walking in parking lot, I see a car. I stop and I let them back out. Right. No, they'll just no, walk right behind a moving vehicle. There's no more common courtesy. It's just ugh. actually, there's I've not, hit no, I've hit somebody. God, no. I've backed into somebody because they zoomed around me. I've hit their like corner of their back because I looked the other way to make sure no one was coming, yeah. but I didn't see them coming that way. Mm-hmm. By the time I looked, they were already behind me. Yeah. So yep. yeah, and and then he got all mad at me, and I'm like, excuse me, but you saw me. I was half out of my parking space <laughs> you should have stopped yeah and then he didn't yeah. say anything they did we just walked away he was like oh, it's fine because he knew that he was going to get in like trouble if we even bothered to go with insurance and everything well officer dave just texted you better watch out speeders because he has pursuit training oh officer pursuit training officer <laughs> <laughs> dave will get you they need all to right go at 169 most dangerous highway it really in Minnesota. is yeah. it is I, one thing I do love about being in Florida in the wintertime, because to most New York Jews and Italians, I'm a giant. I mean, I'm a lot bigger than they are, right? So I'm driving down the road, and this guy just pulls right out in front of me. So I just tap the horn like to let him know I'm there, not to go, hey, I didn't lay on the horn or anything like that. Tap the horn. He motions for me to pull over. He gets out of the car. I get out of the car. He looks at me and gets back in his car and leaves. Because I was about a foot and a half taller than this guy. It's like, what are you doing, Florida, sir? They drive, 95, though, they drive that crazy. Oh, car, God. That, that freeway. Insanity. Oh, God, yes. They go 110 miles an hour just weaving in and out, man. About once a month, you see a car completely disintegrated. On the, It was it's such a bad accident. There's nothing left of the car. The guy today must it's have just terrifying. robbed a bank or something. Oh, I'm yeah. serious. Yeah. This guy, I've never seen anything like it in Minnesota. Yeah. He must have just committed a serious crime. I don't know why. I don't know what that's all about. But everybody needs to be a lot more courteous. What do you, what do you think is going to change everything? I, like you said, you get depressed or you get angry or whatever and you're fed up. What's going to stop all this? I don't know, man. I don't see it stopping. Unfortunately, I think we're screwed. That's I hate to say bad. it. I hate to say it. But I just don't see a cure. Okay, if it doesn't stop, I will say, and again, today is the, the anniversary of the death of Medgar Evers. I saw this happening in the early 60s, and look what happened in the mid to late 60s. They're going to start killing people. Well, they already are downtown yeah, Minneapolis. Are. But I'm talking about, you know, 
public figures. They're going to start killing people again. Right. It's, it's just insane. I got to get away from it because it's killing me. I understand that. I it's understand why it weighs you down. It's making me physically ill, man. I understand that completely. People are just not... Nothing decent anymore. No, Any there's else? no common courtesy. None. Zero. None common courtesy. And what happened What happened to the old saying, if you have nothing good to say, don't say anything at all? Yeah. That's gone on social media. <laughs> social media that. just took that and threw it out the window. Yeah, they got to do something about social media. And the other thing, Andy, I want to talk to you about this because you would know more about this than anybody else I know. We have gotten the last few weeks, Mom and I have talked about something. And all of a sudden, it starts showing up in ads on my computer and her computer. Oh, yeah, that's how it works. They're listening to you on your mic. Mm-hmm. How on earth do they dare do that? Because you, you, they, you, they turn your mic on. Mm-hmm. How is that legal? I don't know, but it's true. You no, know, it was really weird. The other night, I was playing Candy Crush, and I hadn't played Candy Crush oh, in forever. God. I was just like, I, I need something to dull my brain out or whatever. So I started playing it. I was watching TV. I, I, turn, I always turn the sound off on games. I can't stand that constant dinging. And, yeah, ugh. yeah. So I always mute the games, the sound on it. All of a sudden, I see a Candy Crush commercial on TV, and I haven't seen one in a year. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? It's the new Candy Crush with friends. Well, the TV can't do it. I don't know. They that was do odd that. because TV I've been can't. watching. The TV H- can't do it. Because at night, I watch HLN. TV can't do it. I don't know. No, it's impossible. That's just that's just scheduled diuretizing. But you you, you got to remember when you have cable boxes, they're using an IP yeah, address. I don't think TV can do it yet. I don't think they're that far. It'll happen. It'll happen, but I don't think yet. No, maybe no, you're the first. Facebook, maybe Facebook. you're the first. I don't know, but that's kind of creepy. No, no. So, oh, so, God, just, so just yesterday, I was talking to a neighbor. I was uh-huh. in his garage, and I said I I had a problem with my tractor. I needed to get all the gas out of the tank. And I said, I need to get us some kind of siphon pump to pump all the gas out of the tank in my tractor because I had to replace the valve. Uh, no qu- sooner than that, I look at my phone, I go on Facebook, ad for a pipe of siphon pump. This is what I'm saying. Just it, like it's that. It's terrifying. But within minutes. How dare they? Because apparently they take your picture too whenever they feel like it. Well, they can. Yeah, they can. But I, my, if you have certain phones, this phone actually tells me when somebody activates your camera. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it says so-and-so is trying to activate your camera, deny or allow. I, I just, why does the government let them do that? Well, everything is legal until they pass a law to make it legal, is the thing. Illegal. Illegal. They didn't certain make it illegal. They didn't decide that this was legal. They just haven't yet decided that it's illegal. Well, it's so intrusive it'll, as hell. It'll happen eventually, now, but it's, now you, you know. Now you see that they're demonetizing people some of these celebrities on YouTube taking their money. Oh, yeah, YouTube is, like, basically mass-culling anyone with the wrong opinion. Anybody on the right, they're demonetizing their their YouTube pages so you don't get paid anymore. Mm -hmm. They took their money. They're not banning them, but they're taking their money. We can't take somebody's money. Well, they they own it. They can do whatever they want. It's just disgusting. How these people getting away with this, taking your pics. One guy told me, and I don't think this is true, but we were talking about this. and goes, yeah, you know, I got a little light on my laptop, and it comes on whenever anybody's, like, monitoring me. So he, he claims he gets up and starts whacking it <laughs> to the camera. It's like, yeah, I don't think. I'm pretty sure you don't. But he was very proud Some of that people statement. people wouldn't care enough. They might do it. We shall be right back. Special guest coming up next with the family. 
What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. I'm talking to Neil Sheehy, ex-NHL defenseman. Neil, you've had a great success following the Nutramost Wellness Plan. How much weight did you lose, and what makes Nutramost different from all those other programs out there? Tom, I dropped over 63 pounds in 44 days, but more importantly, I know how to keep it off. In addition to my success, I have two brothers and two sisters who had great success on the Nutramost Wellness Program, and collectively, we all lost a total of 222 pounds on the program. My brother and I were so impressed that we decided to open up a clinic in Plymouth. Find out how and why Nutramost is unlike any other weight loss plan by attending the Nutramost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, June 24th, at Jake's in Plymouth. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Register for the Nutramost dinner or schedule your immediate consultation. Call 763-333-7337. That is 763-333-7337. I thought for sure you were going to play something by the Drifters. I thought for sure you were going to do that. <laughs> well, no, because this one was in Days of Thunder, and I love this song. Yeah, that's true. Is Chris ready to go? Yes, good song, though. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Forsberg, Drift This exclusively on the Motor Trend app. Motor Trend's making everything go sideways in the all-new series, Drift This exclusively on the Motor Trend app, hosted by drifting pioneer Chris Forsberg, who's with us today. How are you doing, Chris? Good. How are y'all doing? Not too bad. I was going to ask you a question, but you just kind of answered it for me when you said, how y'all doing? Because... <laughs> There are, there are about six billion Forsbergs in the state of Minnesota. I will tell you that. You you, you got some relatives up here, Chris. There whether you know it or not, a lot I of Forsbergs. I know a lot of them. Yep, it's true. <laughs> Did you know that? Possibly. I'm uh, I'm from Doylestown, Pennsylvania. So oh, Doylestown. Uh oh, we got a guy here from Philadelphia. Here yeah, we go, Doylestown. I know, I know Doylestown well. L.A. Nick, Chris Forsberg, Chris Forsberg, L.A. Nick. Yep, Doylestown's a good spot to be. He's just ignoring you. I like <laughs> I that. So. so how did you get involved in all this, Chris? Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I got involved um, just back in, like, 99, 2000. I was uh, just getting my license and was just playing around with cars and empty parking lots and out on farm roads and getting them a little sideways. And we just kept modifying them and making more power and spin tires and slowly taught myself how to drift. So it's just been... Um, completely self-taught adventure for everyone. So how do you drift? I don't, you know, obviously with on wet pavement, it's not that hard to do, but how do you do this? And, and, and it's pretty much every vehicle, right? 
Yeah, so uh, we just wrapped up a new show with Motor Trend called Drift This. And so, yeah, we're basically taking anything that is rear-wheel drive and making it slide sideways. And so we started off with a UPS truck. We've gone uh, up to a 35-foot-long limousine. We did some bumper cars. And, you know, the whole idea is to be able to um, control the car through a corner with the rear wheel spinning, uh, you know, not just kind of like, Sliding it in and, and letting it kind of hang out, but uh, navigating it and maneuvering it through a little course uh, with the rear wheel spinning the entire time and, and controlling it with the throttle and the steering input. Yeah, that makes sense. Chris, I got to tell you, I, I just uh, bought a, a Jaguar, one of the XJR, I think it is, the, the big one, mm-hmm. 500 horsepower engine in it. And I'm driving down the, the freeway, I 95, down in, down in Florida. And I'm yep. driving along, and I just tried to accelerate. I went into a drift without meaning to. <laughs> man, that car's got oh, a man. lot of power. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, yeah, a lot of new cars. They got so much power now. Yeah, it's really easy to spin the tires. And um, yeah, if you're trying to, you know, slide a car sideways, a little bit of horsepower goes a long way. It's it's funny how old drift drifting is actually pretty old. I was in Japan. God, has to be a long time. It was, over a decade, and that was the big craze there. Yeah. I mean, Tokyo every, Drift. Yeah. Everybody yeah. was drifting. Speaking there. of initial D, they did. Yeah. And, uh, oh yeah. So I think it's, I think it started back there, like in the in the mid '80s, and didn't pop anywhere else oh, for a long right. time. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely started in Japan, and uh, they were the first guys to really get after it. And yeah, I'd say it was um, definitely early '90s, uh, maybe even back in the '80s, but. Uh, yeah. Um, kind of turn it into a sport um, and not just, you know, a loose race car ripping around the track. The, the biggest problem now are kids, especially in L.A., going up in the Hollywood Hills and trying to drift down the hills. What? Oh, yeah, it's bad. The street racing in Hollywood for drifters are, is very dangerous. A lot of them end up in houses and in front yards, and it's it's dangerous. They go up in the Hollywood Hills, and, they, you know, it's just a spiral down, so it's easy to drift, and it's not difficult. The road almost does it but to itself. So it's, it's an issue yeah. there. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of guys street racing and uh, street drifting back in um, the earlier days, but now that there's a lot of organized events and places to go, that's really come um, uh, down a lot. And, uh, you know, I, for one, am uh, – Hey Chris, sometimes when you're talking, I guess maybe your phone's going off a little bit. What you're cutting out, so maybe try to keep your phone straight. Sure thing. Stop, your phone. stop drifting. Yeah, stop drifting, Chris. <laughs> you're, you're drifting, We're Chris. losing you every other word. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah, it just, it, that, that happens with interviews uh, once in a while. Mm-hmm. When did you discover you were such a fan of drifting? Uh, I'd say it's the early 2000s. And so, like I said, I first got into it back in 99, 2000. And it only took like a year or two for me to just really start to enjoy it and have you know, some pretty good control over the car, and uh, myself and a group of others were some of the first guys to organize uh, drifting events in the Northeast over at Raceway Park, New Jersey. Yeah, mm-hmm. and those events are actually still running to this day. Uh, the longest running drift events in the country. What is the best car to get started on in drifting? I mean, there's all different kinds. Uh, the most popular ones are you know early Nissans and 
early BMWs, like uh, Eastern and uh, like these, and just because they have a decent amount of horsepower, rear-wheel drive, and good drivetrains in them, but uh, you know, people will find anything from uh, you know, old muscle cars, um, you know, I got some Toyotas out there, but you know, the idea is to find something that has like a large aftermarket, uh, so you're not spending your time building a bunch of custom parts just yeah. to have a decent driving race car. So do you think you know, that, like for me, do, you, do you think that it all started okay. with the big wheel? Yes. <laughs> oh baby. Oh, yeah. I drifted my big you wheel. You think the big wheel started oh. at all? You're probably He's right. probably too young. He probably doesn't remember big wheels. I wore holes in the tires of my big yeah. wheel. <laughs> do you know, do you so know what a big wheel is? Oh, yeah. I okay. have a big wheel. Yeah, right. I got the little plastic brake on the rear wheel. And, you know, it's like a first step of, uh, you know, handbrake. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that was yeah. the first those things thing I ever did. I had a cabbage patch big wheel. Oh, my God. And I tore up the streets of that <laughs> yeah. bad boy. My generation just had big wheels. There big was, wheel. There was no licensing. Yeah, big wheel. <laughs> Isn't it funny, Chris, how the, where you grew up, things kind of changed? Because basically the only thing that happened with bikes in my neighborhood, I grew up in the inner city, was once in a while you'd see a kid choking another kid with an inner tube. <laughs> <laughs> that, was about it. that was about the extent of it for us. But honest to God, and I'm not, I'm not kidding you, Talking about bicycles and you know talking about your your big wheel and all that stuff, I don't think a, a bike lasted more than about a week in my neighborhood. But then you'd see some guy riding it around, so you go, hey, "It's my bike." Oh, sorry. I mean, they just ride it out in the open, and if you came and claimed it, then you'd get it back. It's just bizarre. But in any case, I just uh, I don't know. It's the difference in the world, I suppose. Now, all you have to do, you, you just go to the app store, you get the Motor Trend app, and that's where Drift This is, correct? Yes, sir, yes. So you can find it on the Motor Trend app, and, um, you know, with uh, you know, the way everything's going nowadays, like, you know, people are watching their phones on their devices, and, um, yeah, you can, uh, you know, grab it on, like, Apple TV, Roku, anything like that. And, um, yeah, so you can get uh, episodes uh, one through four right now. Episode five is dropping soon. Uh, and then... Uh, episode six of the or finale, which is where we got the bumper cars and went down to that abandoned six flags in Louisiana. Oh my God! That, that, is this just a ball for you? It's just a lot of fun, isn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, this is you know what I love doing is uh, you know building building weird cars and weird things, and um, you know obviously going out and driving them. Hey, so take you know, like a- we obviously build a lot of race cars and so this mm-hmm. is just a nice change for us when you get a chance take a look my friend Craig Kruckenberger he started a, a series called the Bandit Series and it's tractor trailer racing and they do oval track tractor trailer racing and it's just constant tractor trailer drifting what? they just non-stop drifting they're, in, they're on a major tour right now US like 27 states or 27 cities and uh, it's awesome to watch it's full rigs just drifting around <laughs> a whole track and he's Minnesota <laughs> Minnesota guy started that started that sport and it's one of the fastest growing sports in America right really? now. Really? Yeah. It's called the Bandit right. Series Tractor Tower Racing. That's amazing. Sounds pretty awesome. I'll have to check that yeah, out. Yeah, check it out on YouTube. There's, it's, it's grown so big. It's got millions of followers and their their tour just blew up. But it's pretty cool to watch. It's, when you go watch it in person, it's like, holy crap, because they're like right next, just crashed into each other. They roll. <laughs> they do? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, they roll. It's it's very dangerous sport. You know, that's an interesting question, Chris. When you do drift, if you don't know what you're doing, I mean, you do, obviously, but people don't. Can, can't you flip a car doing that? Oh, absolutely. Man. I mean, you you have to really hit something hard with that uh, kind of like a curb. 
we've had these cars sideways up over 150 miles an hour and oh. they, they don't roll unless, unless you you know but, hit something yeah and a tractor trailer's a little top heavy so yeah they're a little <laughs> top yeah, they're, heavy they're a little right. heavy yeah that's exactly that's right. what i'm saying watch it because it's really cool so chris you said it's on you uh, the app is on roku uh, well, yes, like any anywhere you can get, um, you know, apps like that. So you can download yeah. um, yep. the app on, on like a Roku or Apple TV, and of course on on any of your standard devices. And um, that's why I'm playing the uh, drift this, and yeah, it's it's a whole lot of fun. It's something I never really thought I'd see myself doing, but it's uh, exactly what I want to be doing. If that makes sense. It is terrific, Chris Forsberg. Drift this exclusively on the Motor Trend app. Chris, thanks for your time today. Great, to, a lot of fun talking to you. No about problem. This. Thanks, man. Thank you. Bye. Uh, what a great – so far we've had a guy on that's a naturist, happier than hell. Chris Forsberg's on. Chris Forsberg's on talking about uh, drifting cars. He's happier than hell. See, you can be happy. Just find what find your nature get, or your – He's got to get away from this this negativity that's going on, especially in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just, know. It's just it's making true. me go crazy. Because I know it's, I know it's. Minneapolis, just take a little part of the world. Minneapolis is actually a fixable problem. Uh-huh. They just refuse yep. to fix it. Yeah. Because and it's so too much it drives money to be me made. crazy. There's like it drives me crazy. Money. Why can't why don't you just fix it? I know. I, I don't understand. It's a tiny. It's only a nine-block area. You can't fix nine blocks. I know. Like seriously. Let's go drifting through uh, downtown. And you what? Down you, you, and you could take, you, take yeah, them out. Listen, you could all day because there's no traffic police in Minneapolis no, anymore. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. You can't no. get pulled over. Yeah. Can't ask you for an ID. God forbid. Yeah. They can't ask you for an ID. No, because you're it's disenfranchising. City, man. You're, you're targeting people. Sanctuary, what? sanctuary city. Can't know if they're oh, legal God, or not. Yeah, they're insane. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I really can't. And it's all about them making money in politics. No, it's all about them looking good yeah. for their national democratic platform. Well, but that's what I'm talking about, is yeah. they make more money yeah, the, the future, further up the they future, go. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This it's is po- all about making listen, money. Minneapolis is a political ladder-climbing city. It is, absolutely. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. God, that's so, it's so depressing that we've turned this... Well, I guess it's always been like that. You know, people don't remember that Floyd B. Olson was a card-carrying communist when he was the governor of, of Minnesota back in the early 1990s. And everybody says that to me. All Minneapolis used to be way worse in the 60s. Yeah, maybe it was. But I tell you what, I spent 10, 11 years living in the heart of downtown Minneapolis, and it was awesome for eight years. You could it walk was, yep. anywhere yep. you wanted and never yep. had an issue. And then all of a sudden, poof, Wait a gone. Minute. Who said it was horrible in the 60s? Lots of people on they're out of their mind. What, so what was horrible in the 60s? No idea. That's when I was walking downtown as a 10-year-old kid and nobody I, ever bothered me. I walked everywhere downtown and, and never oh, had an issue. Until so about two years ago, it started getting worse and worse. And we were like, every night going, this ain't safe. Mm-hmm. And then I said, well, I, we got to move. Well, well we I can't move. even go downtown without being harassed by men. Oh, oh God. Walking. I'm, I'm like, really? Yeah. I, it's so annoying. No, it's, yeah. ter- it's, it's so annoying. It's horrific. It's it's not safe at any time, day or night. No, it mm-hmm. isn't. You're absolutely Especially right for a girl. That. It's yeah. totally unsafe. Are you the one who told me about the two naked women fighting in front of the old Federal Reserve? 
In front of the yeah. library. In the library. <laughs> yeah. Happened to me like a month later. No, it happens all the time. I walk by and these two women are naked. Yeah, butt naked. Fist fighting no, in, I in saw front of the naked, library. And they, and they, they, were, they were in the 69 position, headlock, <laughs> and with nothing on. With zero on. Zero oh on. Oh, my God. Zero. They had no clothes oh, on. God. Oh, I would have recorded no, that. These women had no clothes no, on. No, no clothes on. They, they were slugging them all, it They ripped them all off. Yep. But they were literally holding each other in the 69 position, <laughs> rolling on Hennepin. Right in the middle of the street. And everybody's uh, there recording it. There's 100 yeah, people, oh, yeah, 100 kids recording it. Just another day in Minneapolis. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> such a shit God. Show. It really is. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how government officials like Jacob Fry shows his face anywhere. I don't I just either. Don't. Well, it's been a long RT back, followed by Betsy they got power. Hodges. They don't well, care. Hey, listen, when RT was in, it was not bad. No, it was not bad when RT was in. It, it started when Hodges got in, because she started curbing the police. And then yep. Fry did the same exact thing. And now, of course, she's in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. as a lobbyist, isn't she? She was, well, she was teaching at some college. She got a thing at Stanford or something. What? Yeah, Harvard, one of them. She was oh, there for... for God's sake. Well, the Ivy League is basically the... You know, headquarters she, for all she those. She graduated people. from some school that every, you know, they they're, the, they're like a cult. North High. She graduated. Her <laughs> alma mater is Bryn Mawr. Yeah. So oh, they're Bryn like, Mawr. They're like a cult. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because her husband just got some big deal job in D.C. Yeah. So she moved out there. Well, I think he was she... he was part of the the Met Council. Yes, he was absolutely a president. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know he was president. He was a president. There's multiple presidents. What? Yeah. How can there be multiple presidents? <laughs> there is. You're the president. Yeah, it's the president of different divisions. Oh, God. I, 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 I'm going to go home and get, get in bed and cover my head. The biggest one that gives me crazy, though, this just, just makes just makes my blood boil, is the head of the tourist department meet Minneapolis, Melvin Tennant, is the highest paid person in taxpayers' money in the state of Minnesota. He makes more than the governor. Why? And, and everything that you see, all this crime curbing and cooking the books, is all for Meet Minneapolis. Yep. It's so Money they can get really. they can get the Final Four here because if they show high crime, oh, they right. can't get yeah, that stuff. Yeah, you're absolutely They're the right. ones who bring you're all right. the stuff, and they have Meet Minneapolis Sports Division. They bring all the big sport events here. They can't do it without good numbers on the books. So they cook the books. See, now you come in. Now I got to go home and hit up about twenty milligrams <laughs> of cannabis. Way to go. I want to go cut, sit on my tractor, cut grass, and watch the horses. There you go. It's not bad for you. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.